Hello everybody, thank you for listening to the Football Betting Podcast. We are back for the 22-23 season. Good to be back, Tom. It is, mate. It is. I think this is the sixth season that we've done this now. Uh, We did start midway through 2016-17, but I think it's about six seasons now. So happy to be back in the swing of things and uh, really looking forward to this season. Um, Pre-season is always... It's exciting, but it does leave you desperate for the actual football to start. Absolutely. Um, geez, we're real veterans now, aren't we? Six yeah, we seasons. are, mate. Yeah. yeah. Bloody yeah. But if you are new to the show, um, thank you for tuning in. We probably better say what we do here. So we are the Football yeah. Betting Podcast. We are the longest running um, UK-focused betting podcast out there. Uh, we look at bets across the Premier League, the Championship, League One and League Two. So we cover all four top English leagues. And this show today is going to be our season preview slash season predictions show. So we're going to go through the Prem, looking at who we think is going to win it, get relegated, top four, etc. Then go down through the leagues, Championship, League One, League Two, who's going to get promoted, relegated, finishing the playoffs, dark horses, top goal scorers, etc., etc. So... Um, I think it's worth prefacing before we get into anything whatsoever that um, obviously we're making these predictions when there's still about six weeks left before the transfer window slams shut. So a lot can change between now and then. And it mainly was with a bit of egg on our faces when we come to look back at it at the end of the season. But, you know, we'll do the best with what we've got right now. Yeah, we've got the EFL starting uh, very, very soon. So, it kind of left us, uh, in terms of calendar, obviously we want to do a uh, an EFL season opener show where for new listeners who are joining us for the first time, that's when we'll go through our betting highlights from, in that case, the Championship League 1 and League 2 on a regular show, of course. It would be the Premier League as well. But it left us with this week basically being the best week to do this. So, yeah, as Tom said, if Man City sell De Bruyne tomorrow... Um, things change, but uh, hopefully most of what we say will age pretty well. Yeah, hopefully. Um, we will also like to give a shout out to our sponsors, matchbook.com. Uh, we're thankful that they're going to be sponsoring the podcast again during this upcoming season. So please do check out matchbook.com. We'll have a proper podcast specific offer for you uh, coming up next week. So do, do look out for that and we'll be, we'll be bringing back the uh, the matchbook boosted trebles as well uh, so that's exciting but yeah without any further ado i think tom shall we dive straight into what everybody wants to hear and that's our season mm. predictions for 2023 yeah lot, lots of people are going to be saving tweets in drafts i think and then coming after us around uh april may june next season but yeah tom <laughs> uh, get us started off mate we'll start off at the top of the show with the top tier in English football, which is the Premier League. Yeah, so um, title winners will start with, shall we? And uh, I'm going to go for Nottingham Forest. <laughs> so am I. Uh, that's amazing. I can't believe we've got we've both got Forest down. What are the chances? Let's spend the next hour and a half talking about how good they are. Yeah, 1,000 to 1. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I wish. I'm, we're just happy to be there, aren't we, for the time being? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Man City and be very boring. Um, I'm just expecting more of the same, to be honest, from City this year. 
A couple of years, they've been playing with false nines without a proper striker. So I'm just really excited to see what the big Nordic robot in Erling Haaland is going to do this season. You think with the amount of creativity he's got around him in Foden, De Bruyne, Mares, Grealish, Bernardo, etc. Um, he's bound to get so many chances and we've seen him in Germany. He's been so prolific his whole career. Um, so surely he's going to get bags of goals. Um Alvarez is an intriguing signing. Uh, Calvin Phillips also helps their strength and depth. Cucurella, they've lodged a bid for that got rejected as well the other day from Brighton to uh, strengthen that left-back spot. Um, I just think they're going to be too strong again. Uh, I think they'll be competing across all formats, as you'd expect. And uh, yeah, I'd really be surprised if they didn't win the league and another trophy or two uh, domestically or or maybe even on Europe as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd like you to name me another squad in world football that can lose Gabriel Jesus, Alexander Zinchenko and Raheem Sterling and still be absolute outright favourites for the title. Credit to Liverpool. They are right there behind them. And as ever with these two, the whoever doesn't win the league is going to put up a, an incredible points total to finish second. And it's going to come down to the heads to, head to heads. Uh, I'm just on the, on the side of City, but my God, I, I, it's, I'm not here saying that Liverpool are miles off it because they'll be right behind them. We're going to publish the 1-20s and 1-24s across all four leagues uh, next week on social media. So you'll be able to see where me and Tom are predicting each individual team will come. But yeah, I've got Man City in first, Liverpool in second. And then to round off the top four, um, I've got Tottenham and Chelsea. They're both priced at 1.67 with Matchbook to, to finish in the top four. Um, I really like Spurs' business. You know, they ended last season really strongly under Conte. He's been well-backed. I think he's been backed with good signings. I think they will continue to push on. Uh, and then Chelsea obviously lost a few players. Um, but again, we've seen them get Sterling from Man City. Uh, Koulibaly's coming in centre-back to replace Rudiger. Uh, I'm sure they'll get more bodies in as well before the window's out. So I think they'll have enough uh, to finish in the top four as well. Although I do think it's going to be intriguing with Ten Hagen at Man U. Arsenal have recruited very well. Uh, so it's going to be less straightforward, I think, than last season. I think it's going to be a lot more competitive for the top four spots. Yeah, just one difference for me, uh, which is Arsenal to finish fourth ahead of Chelsea. I look at Chelsea's midfield and it, it just lacks mobility. It, it doesn't lack ball-playing ability, but you're looking at Jorginho, Kovacic, uh, N'Golo Kante, maybe Mason Mount um, as a orthodox centre mid, Loftus Cheek. Like, I, I just feel like it's not quite good enough to be honest with you. Uh, I think it's got a lot of holes in it. They've got question marks going forward. Uh, who's going to play as the main striker, if any? Uh, how many can you see Timo Werner get in? Kai Havertz get in? And then at the back, it's going to be a, a completely new, uh, new team, probably with. Aspilicueta's captaincy gone as well. So lots of answers. And Arsenal, I think, are recruiting brilliantly. They're building every single year. I absolutely love the signings of Jesus and Zinchenko. Uh, I don't know too much about Vieira, um, the new midfielder. I'm, I'm sure he's going to be uh, an, an interesting addition. I just think they've got so many goal threats. Smith-Rowe, Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli, Zinchenko, if he plays in midfield. You know, Gabriel Jesus, obviously, 
I just feel like every single striker there and every single attacking midfielder is capable of getting 10 league goals. Um, and I think they're just going to be really dangerous. So I'd rather have Tuchel over Arteta, but I think Arsenal are a bit more settled and a bit more less frantic, should we say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, other end of the league then. Who have you got to get relegated? I'm pretty sure we've got two the same here and one different. So, um, who have you got to finish that kind of in the bottom couple of spots? Yeah, so uh, going from the bottom up, uh, I've got Bournemouth to finish 20th. I've got Fulham to finish yeah, 19th. And I've got Leeds United to finish 18th. What about yourself? Yeah, I went Bournemouth uh, 20th. That's 1.67 for Bournemouth to get relegated. Fulham in 19th there, 2.35 to get relegated. And I went for Everton in 18th, 5.2 was the price for them to get relegated. Um, Yeah, Bournemouth, to go through my reasoning, I don't think they've strengthened enough for me. They weren't exactly convinced in the second half of the Championship Last season, um, they brought in Joe Rothwell and Ryan Fredericks on free transfers. It doesn't really scream intent to stay in the league for me. Um, they got some good players in the team. Billing, Lerma, Lloyd Kelly, really like them. Solanke's goals were huge for them last year. If he doesn't start scoring, I think the goals may be hard to come by for them. I'm not convinced by... Everyone else around him, like Kiefer Moore, Sariki Dembele, Junior Stanislas, Jamal Lowe. Uh, yeah, not convinced by them Premier League level. Um, I think they're lacking match winners in that squad as well. Um, so I think they're in for a long season. Yeah, lacking in the dugout as well, to be honest with you. I think Scott Parker is comfortably the worst manager in the league. And uh, I don't think he'll see the season out. So, yeah, they're struggling there as well. Uh, we both had Fulham, Tom. Mm. Um, again, I mean, I'm, I, I want to make it abundantly clear that I don't think lots of signings equals progress because that's not how it works. It's on quality of signing. It's on strengthening of positions that you need. And just because a team hasn't signed players, it doesn't mean they're not going to be good. But when you're newly promoted into the Premier League from the Championship, it is really important to get three, four five, six really good players to boost your first team and your bench. Again, lacking on signings here. For Fulham, their their defence just absolutely is nowhere near good enough. Uh, Tosin, I think, can make the step up comfortably. But the days of Tim Ream at, at Premier League level and, and a couple of others are, are long, long gone. Uh, very one-dimensional going forward as well. Uh, I think the lazy journalist and the lazy football fan who thinks uh, Mitro can't do it in the Premier League are going to be with egg on their face, put it that way, towards the end of the season. I think they'll play to his strengths and he'll get 10-plus. But what happens when they mark Mitro out of the game? What happens when he can't get on the ball, he can't get on the end of crosses because they're shutting down the service from out wide, etc.? I worry about them defensively number one, but number two being very one-dimensional going forward. Yeah, I agree. Another point that I think it's worth raising, um, there's a new five subs rule this season in the Prem. So firstly, that is really going to emphasise the need to have a deeper squad than normal. 
Um, and the games are coming thick and fast in the run-up to the World Cup. So there's lots of games across September, October, first part of November. Um, so, again, strength in depth is going to be key. And I don't think Fulham have really got that. Yeah, I agree, mate. Um, you want to walk me through Everton and I'll finish it off with Leeds? My reason is that after years of spunking money up the wall and first in relegation last season, I'm going to predict that this is the year that it catches up with them. Um, I don't care they've been in the top division of English football since 1954, whatever it is. Um, no team is too big to go down. I think Richarlison was huge for them in their survival push last year. He's obviously gone. Um, and whilst I like players like Dominic Calvert-Lewin, proven Premier League goal scorer, um, but if he gets injured like he was for a large part of last season or struggles for form again like he did last season, I don't know where they're going to get the goals from because Damari Gray, Andros Townsend, uh, Anthony Gordon, Iwobi, they're not exactly prolific players. Um, if you throw Lampard into the mix as well, I think if things don't start well, then the media and the fans are going to really get on his back, the players' back. And it wouldn't surprise me if he was gone by, say, the start of the World Cup, if they don't start very well. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure on Everton to to do well this year after they were so bad last year. But I don't think they've got the squad to do well. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. It's between Leeds and Everton for me. So it's it's good to hear that we're we're both on the on the same kind of lines uh, on Leeds. Just if you're looking for an alternative angle to Everton, I just feel like they've put a, they've spent a lot of money and put a lot of faith in the Red Bull system. Um, so obviously they got Jesse Marsh yeah. who, who's come through that, and fifty percent exactly half of their signings are through that system as well. And I feel like just taking a a, a couple of them and trying to implement them into a lead style of play or trying to get 75% of the squad to adhere to how 25% of the squad knows how to play. I just don't think that that meshes well. And I think when you have a look at the players they've lost, so obviously we've got Bamford to come back in. Um, he basically missed the entire season off and on uh, due to injury. Will he be able to get the goals again? I think he might get a few, but I'm not sure he'll be able to replicate the form that got him in the England squad. And then Phillips and Rafinha. How can you lose Phillips and Rafinha and not go backwards? I know Phillips missed a lot of the uh, a lot of the season as well due to injury, but Rafinha was was there everything, and he's gone now. And who's going to step up? So I worry about the emphasis on the Red Bull system, as I said, and their losses. So. Yeah, Leeds or Everton for me, um, in big trouble. Yeah, and I think with Leeds as well, they had major problems uh, defensively last season. And I, I, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they've really recruited defensively. They've recruited a lot in the midfield and further forward. Mm-hmm. So not really rectifying the problems, I don't think, very well that they had last season. Mm. Um, but I appreciate they're filling gaps where they've sold players. But yeah, I don't know. The work to be done, I think, for Leeds, definitely. Um, top scorer market, I I think it would probably be Haaland, but he's literally like 3.5 to get it. So I didn't want to be boring and yeah. go for that. I thought I'd try to pick something out with a bit of value. Um, go on then. So I went with Son. Son's 16.5. So, you know, I thought that was a pretty good price to say that um, he did it last season. 
And with Spurs expected to be stronger this season, plenty of strong additions to their squad. I don't think it would surprise too many people if he did it again. Um, for for whatever whatever reason, Haaland doesn't score as many as we think he does. Maybe he gets injured or whatever. Um, I think Son at 16.5 could be decent value there. Yeah, with you. Um, I had him wrote down on my list, uh, joined by Harry Kane. Although my thoughts on Kane is that he will be a little bit deeper, almost like a like a nine and a half, ten and a half. You know what I mean? Like he, mm, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's not going to be a false nine, and he's not going to be a full nine. He's going to be in between, and he might he might finish top of the assist charts, for example, setting up Son. Um, I think I'd throw caution to the wind when it comes to Salah. Massive drop off last season. Um, in terms of goals anyway, um, from uh, Christmas onwards. So I think Salah's way too short and I won't be going anywhere near that guy. Um, Forrest, how do you think mm. we're going to do this year? I, I think I think we're, we're there for a, a mid to lower mid-table finish. Uh, I think there will be times when we're trying to knit it all together and it, it might not go too well and we have to be realistic you know, we are going to get beaten more times than we win, probably. But, you know, obviously we're, we're getting a lot of headlines at the moment for being busy in the transfer market and, and spending quite a bit. What I would like to say is I feel like in seasons gone by, teams have come up and just completely replaced like the entire 13, 14 players and then had maybe two or three from the previous campaign that they're relying on. Forrest are still going to line up with Ryan Yates in midfield. They're still going to have Scott McKenna and Joe Worrell at centre-half. They're still going to have Brennan Johnson. Like All these players that were absolute cornerstones um, in the promotion season are still going to be there. And that nucleus and that team spirit is still going to be intact. Uh, obviously, there are still a couple of holes. So expect one or two more from Forrest. But I think if they kicked off the season tomorrow with the squad they had, you know, I'd, I'd see them finishing maybe 14th or something like that. They're going to be dangerous. Yeah, um, it's just so exciting, isn't it? In all our years of supporting Forest, this is by far the most exciting pre-season I think I've ever witnessed. It's so good. <laughs> signings coming yeah. in left, right, centre. Obviously, we need the signings because we lost a lot of loan players. But yeah, the signings that are coming in, the quality of the signings that are coming in, it's just weird to see that it's happening to Forest after so many years of just being shit. Um, but I agree with you. I think we'll do well. I've seen a lot of um, pre-season predictions already on Twitter. Lots of people putting out the 1-24s or whatever. And I've seen Forest actually appear quite heavily in people's bottom three predicted sides. Uh, I know the bookies were the, the second favourites to get relegated um, after Bournemouth. I think we'll surprise people. I, I know we probably sound biased because we're Forest fans and I'm sat here wearing a Forest shirt recording the podcast. But um, I do think, genuinely, once the team starts to gel together, um, we've got a lot of quality in the squad now. And uh, yeah, I think we'll certainly surprise a few people this season. Uh, similar to how Brentford kind of did last year. Came up, finished, what, 13th, 14th, something like that? Yeah, I think the momentum behind the club right now can be the best example that I can give Premier League fans is the momentum that Leeds had when they come up. 
So it'd been a long time. It had been a painful stretch. Tickets were impossible to get hold of. There was a huge buzz around the city. Everyone couldn't wait to see Leeds back in the Prem and the fans couldn't wait for it. And every home game was absolutely deafening. Every away end packed. That's what it's going to be like for Forest. You know, when you're, when you're Fulham and you go through this every two years over the past six years, you know, it that kind of bounce becomes diluted over time. But Forrest is is pungent, and it, it's gonna it's gonna take the team to the next level. I think so. Yeah, uh, there will be dark days. We're not here saying that Forrest are going to win the league, uh, but I think they might survive relatively comfortably. Right. Let's move into the championship then, shall we? Um... Let's do the top two to start off with. So, who have you got winning the league? So I've gone for Norwich. That is. Boring, isn't it? Man City to win the Prem, Norwich to win the Championship. I bet probably, people can probably guess I've got to win League One already. Um, but yeah, Norwich priced at 2.5 to get promotion via any method. They've still got a lot of the squad from the 2021 promotion campaign. So like Max Ahrens, Pookie, Hanley, Cantwell, McLean, Kieran Dowell. Um, so a lot of this team have been there and done it already. Uh, the last two times Norwich have been in the championship, they've won it. So they've got form for, obviously, yo-yo in between the two leagues. Um, the manager, Dean Smith, who I rate really highly, he's probably one of the best in the league at the moment. Um, he's won promotion from the championship with Aston Villa a few seasons ago. I just think they've got all the tools there um, in that team and in the dugout that they need to get promoted again. Um, I don't think it surprised many people at all if, if they did go straight back up. So I've got Norwich in second automatically. And I think we're going to flip-flop here because I've got Burnley winning the league. Do you have them in your top two? Oh, no. Yeah, Yeah, I got them second. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. So, yeah, my argument is very similar to yours, mate. So on the last day of the season in the Premier League, uh, the last time out, they had eight of the 11 is still at the club. Now, one of those is Maxwell Cornet. He is going to leave. Fact. Like he, somewhere, someone's going to take him. So let's say the seven of the 11 are still there. This is a team that survived year in, year out. Um, played really you know, above themselves for years and years. They're very experienced. They know what the score is. Vincent Company, obviously, there's more question marks over him than Dean Smith, for sure. Uh, company built a decent reputation now in Belgium. Uh, we're yet to see him, obviously, in the championship, where it's very different. But I, I'm confident that he can do pretty well. And I like their recruitment. I like the the younger blood that they've brought in the squad to uh, complement the uh, the more senior pros. Slightly older squad, uh, for sure. But I think uh, a couple of additions have been nice. And my only concern, Tom, with Norwich is who's going to score goals? Who's going to get them? Because Pookie, Pookie, like I know, but we've been he loves we've been the champ. Through this. He loves yeah, it. but does he? <laughs> yeah, but it, it, he's getting every year. He, he looks to me like it, his sharpness is fading that little bit more. Uh, I'm not convinced they'll mm. have enough goals, um, but obviously they're going to have enough. I think to get promoted automatically. Yeah, I, I guess you're probably looking at that. Maybe less reliance on Pookie than in previous seasons. Maybe they're hoping people like Josh Sargent chip in, Adam Ida chip in. 
yeah, big season for Adam Ida, by the way. Yeah. That's, that's literally one of my notes. It says, uh, bulk of the squad sticks around. McLean, Aaron's, Cruel, all top champ players. Big season for, Mad, for Adam Ida. That's what it says. Yeah. So, yeah, for yeah, sure. I agree. I completely agree. Um, yeah. To add to, to your Burnley notes, yeah, rough, generally agree. I think companies using his his status and his connections with Man City and his knowledge of the, the Belgian league pretty well. You know, I think players like Harwell Bellis coming in, uh, Josh Cullen, I think they're, they're good, good signings for this level. Um, yeah, I, I think their squad is very good on paper anyway. Um, but yeah, I do appreciate with Burnley, you know, it's a big change in terms of manager. Uh, they have had a fair amount of new players in as well as retaining that call that you mentioned change of playing style probably as well company preferring the possession based football to to Dyche's defensive first kind of style but yeah I think Burnley have got all the tools in the box to to get promoted at the first attempt um how about the third team that you've got who did you pick yeah so I I picked four teams for the playoffs so I might read out my four playoff teams and then I'll focus on the winner so my four playoff teams are Luton Town Watford Swansea mm-hmm. City and Coventry City. And what I will focus on are Swansea. Uh, I think they can win the playoffs. Um, they're showing great signs under Martin. Uh, my, I, I'm jumping ahead a bit here, Tom, so I do apologise. My top goal scorer tip for the championship is Michael Obafemi. Uh, I think he is going to fire them way um, above where... They probably were last season. I just think when you've got that 20, 25 goal a season striker and Obafemi's strike rate the last couple of months of the season was was better than anyone. Um, I just think their biggest issue is going to be themselves. So, so many... Martin's got such a distinct way of playing that it just invites risk. It really does. But he came in so last minute with Swansea. I don't. He didn't have the time to implement it and perfect it. He's had a full season now, almost a preseason. I just want to see how good they are at bopping it around, because if they've mastered that, it's going to be bloody hard to defend against. Um, still got yeah. Joel Perot, of course, as well. Really, uh, really impressive player going forward. Between them and Luton, for me, Luton almost took it. Well, this is hopefully not going to continue because this is going to be a bit boring for everyone listening because I also went with Swansea as my third side. Um, (laughs) They're 7.0 to get promoted uh, from the championship, 3.5 to finish in the top six alone. So I think that was a decent bit of value potentially there too. Um, Similar reasons. I didn't have Obafemi to finish top scorer. I actually went with Joel Perrault uh, as my top scorer in the championship (laughs) pick. Um, I do have one more that I'll get to towards the end because uh, we're jumping ahead there. But yeah, yeah um, you think between Perot and Obafemi, you've got at least 40 goals between them pair there. And if yeah. you've got two players who can contribute 40 plus goals, potentially you, you're going to be in with a big chance um, of finishing high up the league. Uh, yeah. Um, relegation then? Yeah, take it away. Actually, before we do relegation, I'll tell you my other playoff sides, uh, just out yeah, of interest. On, so yeah. I, I had Swansea, 
uh, Middlesbrough, Watford and West Brom. West Brom? Really? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. They've got a good squad on paper. I don't trust Steve Bruce as far as I no, can throw No, he's him. not going to be there. He's not going to be there. If they do make it, it won't be around. Um, I think they've got a good squad on paper. Obviously picked up two of the uh, the main championship freebies this summer in, in Jed Wallace and John Swift. Um, two very good additions on free transfers. So, yeah, good recruitment there from the baggies. Um, but, yeah, relegation. Um, bottom of the... Bottom of the pile, I went with, I went with Rotherham. They're 2.5 to get relegated. Sorry, Miller's fans. It's another season of trouble, I think, for you guys. I don't know if you think the same. Yeah, unfortunately, I've got them finishing bottom. Yeah. Um, reasoning for me, um, generally, the aim is when you get promoted to strengthen your squad. I think Rotherham have weakened their squad. Not, yeah, it's not their fault, but they've gone backwards. Yeah, yeah. The side has gone backwards. They're losing players to teams like Sheffield Wednesday in League One, Ipswich in League One. Um, but yeah, so if you are going up into a tougher league in a worse position than you were last season in League One, I think it's only trouble ahead. Um, goals are the things that keep you in the league. Their attack is currently Tom Eves and Connor Washington. And yeah, that's all you need to know, I think, on Rotherham. Goodbye. That's all she wrote. Yeah. <laughs> um, how about the uh, 23rd place team in the champ for you? Yeah, uh, Birmingham City for me. What about you? Uh, Wigan. Wigan, okay. So I'll focus on Birmingham. Um, you can only flirt with a trapdoor for so long. I don't care that Maxi Lopez has come in and taken them over. The squad's in an absolute dire straits. I was on transfer marked looking at who's come in, who's gone, what they've got to work with. It is absolutely dire to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, you can only actually look at it after the watershed. It's that bad. Dion Sanderson, um, probably the only signing I'd say in the summer that's, that's going to improve them. They've got a rookie manager in Eustace, and this is going to be a topic of the show, particularly as we get into League 1 and 2. These rookie managers are very, very hard to you know, rate and predict. And this Eustace could win the league. He could finish bottom. And, well, not finish bottom because he could be gone after two months. Like, you have no idea what's going to happen with these the league. rookie managers. But I think he... <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. You know what I mean? He, uh, he's got a massive job on and I think he's going to struggle and I think they finally go down. And do you know what, Tom? You said you know Everton is finally going to catch up with them and they deserve it. Same with Birmingham. Yeah, exactly. This is this is one of the things that I wrote because I, I put Birmingham in 22nd, so also in the relegation zone. But yeah, I feel similar to, to Birmingham, kind of how I do about Everton. Um, yeah, this is a season where it's going to be catching up with them and finally... Sticking the nail in the relegation coffin. Um, Birmingham just yeah. seems to be a mess all the time. I feel sorry for the fans. <laughs> I do. I genuinely do. Yeah. And uh, do you know what, Tom? I'm going to let you finish it off. And I do genuinely apologise to listeners looking for, you know, compelling arguments. But I've got Wigan finishing <laughs> in uh, 22nd. So you may as well take that away, mate and uh, let us know why we both think they'll go. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing is, we've been doing this for so long together, we probably just think the same now. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because we've not, we've not pre-planned it. No, and also that there are some obvious candidates. Like, okay, so let's let's have a look at the rest of the market. Reading, like my bottom, I'll give you my bottom seven in reverse order. It's Rotherham, Birmingham, Wigan, Reading, Blackpool, Blackburn, and Huddersfield. Now, I I think there's a bit of a gap between Rotherham, Birmingham, Wigan, Reading, and the rest. Like, I I would be surprised if it was anyone other than those four I think it's going to be three of those four uh for me I, I don't know about you but it did they didn't seem to be that many teams where you you'd look at them and go yeah they could go down like falling from like mid uh, or yeah. whatever I, I'd chuck Blackpool in amongst that bunch of yeah um but yeah I I, I agree um they're the same bottom five as I have anyway uh shock <laughs> horror but yeah, I, I agree. Um, but in terms of Wigan, similar story to Rotherham, I think, for me, really. They've come up to this league not really strengthened much. Their strike force is Will Keane, Stephen Humphreys and Josh McGuinness, and that's not good enough. Um, no, it's not. And Wigan, they're 5.0 to get relegated. You know, Birmingham 3.0, Rotherham are 2.5. So we're actually getting a bit of, bit of a bigger price in Wigan as well which is good. I like that. I expected them to be a bit shorter, but um, yeah, I'll take the five. Yeah, I, I think they've got some decent finances, haven't they? So I think maybe the bookies are anticipating that they, they might splash a bit and uh, get themselves out of it, but easier said than done. Hmm. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, top scorer. So yeah, I did literally touch on um, uh, Joel Perot. He's 11.0. I also thought I'd throw an outsider in there on uh, Vakun Isuf Bayo at 20. So he's a new £5 million signing for Watford from Charlois in the Belgian league. Um, don't know an awful lot about him, but he's 25 years old, Ivorian. I looked at his stats and he's been pretty much a one-in-two kind of striker everywhere he's been. So if he can keep up that rate of scoring in the championship, you know, it puts him on track for, what, 23-plus goals if he does well. So could be one to look out for. Yeah, I get what you're doing. You're just trying to be a bit more, a bit different and a bit interesting. I, yeah. I respect that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think Obafemi's the pick for me is about 20-1, to 1 and I will yeah. be lumping. Responsibly, but I'll be lumping. Anyway, League One, let's talk about that. So who have you got to uh, finish in the top two positions in League One? Uh, I, I really, I'm, I'm desperate for some uh, difference here, but I think it's going to be a 1-2 of Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich Town. Ooh. That's what I've got. I've got Sheffield Wednesday and Peterborough. Okay, good, good. Well, I'll talk about Wednesday and then you can jump on with anything I've missed. I just, I just think they're... Their recruitment's just been mad, to be honest, for the for the level. Will Volks, Hickway, Smith, all coming into a team that was already at times the best team in the league last season. Um, remember that that kind of stretch. You remember that kind of fifteen game stretch. They were amazing, absolutely amazing, led by Barry Bannon, who was absolutely head and shoulders above League One level during that time great home records that 
can see them through if it continues this year. Yeah, I just think they already had one of the best teams and some of the best players, and then they added, you know, two players that got promoted and a midfielder that is probably uh, championship level to their squad, and they haven't lost anyone. So I just can't see past them, to be honest. Yeah, um, I was looking at the squad. I completely agree. Very, very good. Uh, the only thing I thought, if I was really going to criticise them, the lack of kind of twenty goal a season striker. Um, but if they can recruit one of those between now and the end of August, I think that'd be very, very Didn't hard Smith, to stop. Smith got 20 last year for Rotherham. Maybe he'll do it again. I, I think he's crap, personally. I, I don't rate him, but maybe he'll do it again. He got 20 last year. Did he? Fair play. Missed that. All right. Yeah. Take that back. Goal segues nicely into Peterborough because I think they're going to be full of them this year. Um, I think in Johnson, Clark, Harris, we've seen... When he was last in League One, he finished as the, the League One top goal scorer. I think he'll be banging amongst the goals. Jack Marriott started to hit a lot of form towards the back end of the championship season as well. I think if he can stay fit, um, he'll be in amongst the goals as well. I think if last season probably went on for another five or six games, Peterborough would have been in with a big chance of uh, avoiding relegation. They've been in much, much better form since Grant McCann took charge. Um, I expect that form to continue. They've not really lost many players. Um, classically, I feel like Peterborough in League One are a team full of goals, full of excitement. They've got some really exciting youngsters coming through. Kwame Poku, Ricky J. Jones, I think can definitely make an impact going forward as well this season. I think they will outscore pretty much everybody um, and that's their route to, to promotion. I think, yeah, they've got a pretty settled squad from what McCann was building at the back end of last season in decent form. I just think they'll carry that on and uh, really push forward again and uh, get back up at the first attempt. Yeah, fair play. Um, I see what you're saying. McCann is their biggest asset for me. Uh, I'm going to go for Ipswich, though. I just think under McKenna, um, they basically had to win out every single game to make the playoffs um, with the position that they were in. And they ran it pretty close. They they were sensational at the back. I think they're a team that will build from the back. I don't think they'll be as swashbuckling as Peterborough, but I think they'll be more efficient. I really like the signings of Ladapo and Harness. I feel like Harness is is someone just ready to take off. I feel like he's he's been harnessed, to be honest. <laughs> I feel like he's he's been kind of you know, holding back ability that he's got. And I'm excited to hopefully see it at Portman Road. And Freddie Ladapo, he's not the cleanest player I've ever seen in my life, um, but he's good for 12, 15 a season. Um, and I'm really excited about him in an Ipswich team. Um, that should do pretty good, I think. So I'll go Ipswich. Yeah, so I had Ipswich to um, fill out my third promotion spot in in League One, kind of very similar reasons to you, really. Um, I made a point of the defensive record they had last season, if I remember right. They broke the club record for consecutive clean sheets or something along those lines. So, like yeah, that, they've yeah. continued to improve. On what was already a strong core, they've just improved on it. So, yeah, I think they'll be very tough to stop. Um, the rest of my playoff teams, I went for so Ipswich, then Derby, MK Dons, and Plymouth. 
Mm. I went for MK Dons, Wickham, Peterborough, and Derby. Quick word on Derby. Uh, I think they will have a good season, but I am a bit concerned about the uh, the average age and the heavy reliance on experienced players. Um, I think they need some more youth. And if they can get some more youth and some more kind of up-and-coming players, they might be able to do something under a senior because I rate him. I think, uh, I think he was probably not getting the credit he deserves under bigger names like Philip Koku and then, of course, uh, Wayne Rooney. So uh, I'm, I have a lot of faith in him. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, right, looking at the other end then, and to be honest, there's probably like a cluster of eight sides yeah. in the bottom half of League One. Um, I think you could probably just close your eyes and stick a pin in them. That's how I felt. They're all, they're all very much roughly the same kind of odds between about three and five uh, to get relegated. I found it tough to pick through a lot of them. Um, so I'll tell you who I've got to go down um, yeah. and then we'll take it from there. So yeah. uh, I've got Fleetwood, Cambridge, Port Vale and Forest Green Rovers. Mm-hmm. Now this is where it gets interesting because we've only got one team the same. Um, okay. So, <laughs> so mine is Fleetwood. That's the one we've we've got. Exeter, Burton, and Cheltenham. So, okay. Why why don't you nice. get get us kicked like off? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, the part the. The listeners have just woken up from their uh, slumber that we put them in with the same tips earlier on. So I'll take us away with Fleetwood. Rookie manager alert, Scott Brown. But I feel like this guy has been on the fast track. You know, at Disneyland or at Alton Towers when you uh, you line up properly in the queue for the roller coaster. And then there's yeah. that twat with a fast track pass who's paid 50 quid to get on everything quicker. That's Scott Brown for me. Yeah. He was playing last year and, you know, we've got other rookie managers that have gone through under-18s, under-23s, assistant managers, all that stuff, and taken a bit more of a gradual route. This feels very rushed for me. Uh, Fleetwood have been cutting their cloth for a while now. I do like the signings of Morton, Earl and Vela. I think they are three players too good to be relegated, but it's what's around them. And the absolute kind of fast track Scott Brown, um, yeah, I'm I'm not convinced. I think it might end in tears. Yeah, I don't know how much we read into last season, but Fleetwood won two of their last twenty four games in the second we half. We can of last read season. it. We can read into it's it shock- because there's been a decent churn, but it, they haven't lost twenty players. You know, they've only lost eight or so. So. Same yeah. squad. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've put, that's like bad. That is horrendously bad. And I'm not sure the changes yeah. they've made over the summer is enough to sufficiently change that kind of form. Um, so, yeah. I think they're gone. Um, yeah. So then I had Cambridge. Um they had a poor end to last season. No one conceded more goals in the last 10 games uh, than Cambridge did. Um, recruitment, meh, I think. Yeah, I'd, 
second season syndrome, I think, for Cambridge. Um, just not convinced that they've got what it takes to stay up. I know this is a bit wishy-washy justification because, <laughs> to be honest with you, I did struggle with League, with League One, the relegated mm. sides, apart from Fleetwood. But um, I had similar reasoning for Port Vale. They did very well to come through the playoffs in League Two last season. Looking at their squad on paper, they're not really strengthened enough yet for me. Um, I don't look at that squad and think, yes, that's going to survive in League One. Um, and then Forest Green Rovers, massively unconvincing during the second half of last season. Yes, I appreciate they still won the league eventually, but Wibble wobbled the way over the line in the end. Kind of been a victim of their own success because over the summer they lost some of their best players, Ever Adams, Cadden, Kane Wilson. They lost a manager, Rob Edwards. Um, so that kind of good quality core has been taken away from them. And I'm not sure how they're going to replace that. If the people they brought in to replace that, the manager Ian Birchnell, who's come in from Notts County, how's he going to take to stepping up two divisions when he didn't get county out of the National League, you know? Um, yeah, I'm unconvinced by how those changes are going to go for Forest Green Rovers, which is why I've put them there. That's fair. I think they'll be down there but I don't think they'll get relegated. One team I do think that will get relegated is Exeter City. Again, I want to make it absolutely abundantly clear. I don't think lots of signings equals you're going to be good. Exeter haven't made a single signing so far. And there's a fine line between balance and continuity and improving. Um, I think they need more bodies in the door. I look at the team. Yep, they've still got Matt Jay, who's probably their, their shining light. Um, relying on goals at League One level um, with San Nombe and Giovanni Brown. That is not good enough. I, I There'll be one game this season where Giovanni Brown, Edison Giovanni, is, is going to score a hat-trick and it'll be absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. But this is a 46-game season. And we're, we're looking for someone to, to do it across the league. Uh, Matt Taylor gives him a chance. Good young manager, but not enough in that squad for me, unfortunately. Next one for me then, Burton Albion. Um, I think towards the end of last season showed that the Hasselbank magic might be fading a little bit. Uh, the acquisition of Adebayo is good, but I don't think it improves a team on the general decline. Burton have defined the odds over and over since joining the EFL, so you know, I fully expect them to stay up. But I think as I look at their squad and I look at their improvements and their back end of last season form and put it all together, I think it ends in, in relegation. And then finally, Cheltenham Town, uh, Mike Duff. Mike Duff leaving is, is absolutely soul-destroying for that club. They've gone for Wade Elliott. Um, so, as we mentioned, Scott Brown is the, the fast track at Alton Towers. Wade Brown, uh, Wade Brown, <laughs> Wade Elliott, sorry, <laughs> um, is queuing up nicely and he's doing it the proper way and he's doing it the sustainable way. Um, he was at Bristol City under 18s, under 21s, then was Stoke under 23s. So, he's been gradual. And I expect that to be a bit more of a success than plucking someone out of you know the kit on the pitch, basically. 
A few plucks from non-league recruitment-wise worry me. If this was League Two, I think you can get away with that. League One, that that's a big ask. Um, I think they'll push it close, but ultimately, I think they'll go. In terms of top scorers, then I have Clark Harris at six point zero as my pick to be top goal scorer, and I've also thrown a bigger outsider in there of Cole Stockton. Uh, he's twenties, yes. but yeah. I'm kind of contingent on Stockton maybe to to move from Morecambe. Does he have enough at Morecambe? Do they will they create enough chances for him? Will he you know for him to score? In the mid twenties, which you'll probably need to to win the top scorer. Oh, get him on. Get him on now. Get him on now before he moves to a big yeah. hitter. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good advice. So, yeah, certainly Cole Stocks at twenties now at Morecambe. If he moved to say, I don't know, if he moves to say Sheffield Wednesday, he'd plummet right down. Yeah. Oh, but, massively. Yeah. yeah. Massively. Yeah, it could be a could be one to look out for there. Um, right, League Two. Then let's bash through uh, the final league for our predictions. Um, obviously, yeah. League 2 slightly different, so four teams going up here. So who do you have as your three automatically promoted sides? Yeah, I've got Mansfield, I've got Salford, and I've got Stockport County. Salford? Salford yeah. are up there with the bookies every single I year. Know. And they I know, I know. Every single year. So, Leave this, me alone. this is the year. Listen, it's absolutely full of <laughs> traps, this bloody league is. Because you've got, <laughs> you've got Mansfield, who have been trying to get promoted for years. Salford, they've been trying to get it done for years. You've got Bradford, who are always towards the top of the betting, have been trying to get it done. Someone's got to eventually... Get it done. I'm, I'm going for Mansfield and Salford, and then I'm I'm throwing Stockport in there, which is probably one of the most interesting teams in English football to follow at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> I went for Mansfield, Stockport, and Northampton. Mm, good pick. All right, I'll get started off at Mansfield. I mean, I mean, their transfer business doesn't leap off the page. Lots of youthful loans that feel like they're building out the squad rather than the starting eleven. But we're looking at a team that got to the playoff final and just collapsed and just didn't turn up on the day. And and that happens. I think they'll use that and the fact that they've probably got the best manager right now, maybe not the highest ceiling, but the best manager right now in the league. And they'll go on, they'll finally get it done. Um, have... I tipped Mansfield to do well before. Yes. Have I been hurt in the past? Yes. Am I ready to be hurt again? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. They've got a good squad there. They've built on that with, with the reinforcements that, that they brought in. 3.5 is the price for them to get promoted um, any method. So, Definitely think that's worth looking out for. I think it's uh, 12.0 for them to win the league. Um, Stockport, I'll talk about them. They're joint favourites alongside Bradford. So they're 2.5 to get promoted. Uh, first season back in league football after winning the National League. Bang, instantly installed as joint favourites. Love it. Big National League budget. Seeing them recruit players from, from League One whilst they're in the National League. So they've largely already got a team 
that should be more than capable on paper of competing at this level. They've reinforced that with some good players from from other League Two sides and uh, from the National League. I think in players like Paddy Madden, Carl Wooten up front, I think you've probably got 35, 40 goals between those two alone. Um, Dave Challoner, serial winner as a manager, uh, winning mentality in the squad from their uh, title winning season in the National League last season. And yeah, I think they should, on paper, go straight through this league. But we said that before about Salford, so who knows? But yeah, um, I think it's looking good for for Stockport. Yeah, I think I think the landscape has changed a bit in the National League since Salford came up. Like, you look at Ryan Reynolds, right? He goes and buys Wrexham. Why does he buy Wrexham? Maybe he's got, you know, links to Wales, blah, blah, blah. But one of the reasons is because the financial rules in the National League, it's like the Wild West. It's, there almost aren't any rules. You can do whatever you want to a point. And in the EFL, it's a lot more strict. So then you've got this weird kind of landscape where the teams in the league below are spending more and attracting better players than the league above because they can't offer as much wages and they're paying transfer fees. So when they come up, when Stockport come up, they've already got a head start on all the League 2 teams. So there's a reason why, you know, in the modern era, no national team uh, that's been promoted has ever been relegated at the first time of asking. It's never happened. And that's because yeah. every year it seems to uh, be a bit of a gap forming. So, yeah, very strange. But, yeah, I'm with you on Stockport. Uh, Salford, I'll talk about them. Neil Wood is their new manager, newish, uh, announced a long time ago, really. Uh, under 23's coach at United. Obviously, got that United link with the board, etc. The signings are very unknown to me. I, 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 the first person to put my hands up and say, I don't know who this player is. And I had a look at their signings. I'm not 100% sure who any of them are. However, I looked at their outgoings and then I looked at their squad and what I do know. And the majority of them are still there. A full season of Matt Smith in League Two. I think is going to be absolute dynamite. We're talking about a guy who should be top end league one. Maybe, you know, you're not telling me you wouldn't improve Rotherham and they're a championship team. Um, So yeah, really excited to see how that all works out. And I think they finally get it done. Obviously the trigger happy nature at Salford means that we can't guarantee anything's going to happen because they love, they love deleting, right? They love just, Self imploding, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm back in Salford to finally get it done. Nice, yeah. Um, I had Salford in seventh, so to finish in the okay. playoffs. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm intrigued to see what this manager is going to be like. I really am because I yeah, have not a clue. It looks like a jobs for the boys kind of appointment, but um, yeah, we'll yeah. we'll see how he does. Um, but yeah. Uh, for me, Northampton as my final automatic pick. Uh, obviously, very unlucky not to be promoted automatically last season. That um, 8-0 win from Bristol Rovers obviously denied Northampton on, on the final day of the season. Um, they have the best defensive record in the league last season, so I think we can expect them again to be built on a strong foundation. Uh, they have lost Fraser Horsfall from that back line. He's gone to Stockport. 
Um, but they do look to have recruited well. And uh, I think they can go one better this time out. You know, players like Danny Hilton will add experience to their front line, hopefully a few goals. Um, but yeah, it will be defensive first for Northampton as it was last season. But um, I think they can continue that momentum that they built upon before and, and go one further by on a freak final day result. Yeah, my biggest worry with them is, and sorry to use another Forest reference, but under Sabri Lamucci, when Forest didn't make the playoffs, they had they needed to get a win from the last three games, and then they went into the last game and they just couldn't yeah, yeah. lose and yeah. have like a nine goal swing, and it happened and they fell out, and then the start of that season, everyone was just absolutely traumatized, um, and it, it ended us, up with him. Yeah, it ended up with him being sacked. My own, the only reason I've got Northampton in the playoffs and not automatic is because I wonder if that can because that the chances of that happening are like one in a million and it happened and I wonder how that's going to affect the mentality so we'll see how they start I think because if they get over it early they'll be fine they could struggle uh playoff then I just touched on Northampton in there I do have Bradford City I do have Tranmere Rovers and I've got Swindon. And from that, I have Northampton Town getting promoted. So um, I don't need to talk about Northampton, Tom, because you've just spoke about them. Uh, would you like to round off your League 2 promotion picture? Yeah. Uh, so in the playoffs, I have uh, Salford, Swindon, Bradford and Leighton Orient. And... For promotion, I have plumped for Swindon mm. because Harry McCurdy. Yes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> no, they recruited well. McCurdy obviously scored 22 goals last season. Um, he'll, he should get plenty again. They seem to have recruited pretty well. Um, I think they'll be there or thereabouts after their playoff failure last season. Yeah, I think... Playoffs again beckons for Swindon um, again this season. But I think maybe with the experience they gained from last season, losing on penalties uh, to Port Vale, I think they can go maybe one further. Or two yeah. further, because one ah, further will be the two. final, right? So, so two further. <laughs> two further, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, going down, Tom, um, I have Colchester and, and Barrow. What about you? Yeah, same. <laughs> nice. Well, do you know what? I, I, I'd like to take Colchester because I've been banging on about this for genuinely maybe four, three seasons. So I'd love to stick, yeah. it, stick the nail in, if you don't mind. Um, take it away. Yeah, it's the same with Birmingham and it's the same with Everton. You flirt with it long enough, it's going to catch up with you. Um, they've been so bad for so long. And they just keep getting away with it. Like if this was League One and four teams went down, my God, they'd have been gone ages ago. But mm -hmm. because of this two-team thing, you have to be so bad to get relegated. Like unbelievably bad. And we've had examples like Scunthorpe and Oldham and Notts County and like these teams that just completely implode and just disappear and forget how to play football. And, and Colchester have been benefiting from that. Uh, Wayne Brown last season he showed glimpses that 
can get the odd result, but we're talking about a 46-game season. We're not talking about runs of five games where you might pick up a win, right? That translated means that you don't win enough games and you get relegated. And for me, their average age is way too high. Way too many players at the end of their career. Way too many players who have been failing for years. And it's just not enough change. There's not enough recruitment. I know they've got ownership issues. that The fans don't really like the owner. That's an absolute classic EFL relegation recipe component. That is ownership issues. Uh, that you know, Grimsby went through that. Knotts, um, you know, Oldham, obviously Scunthorpe. It's a disaster, and this is the season yeah. they're going to go. Hmm. I tell you what, you get a lovely little treble out of Colchester, Everton, and Birmingham. There. Yeah, you would. Yeah, it's caught up treble. <laughs> caught up to your treble. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> um, percent. No, I, I completely agree. Um, Barrow. So our other team. So Colchester, by the way, they're seven point zero to go down. Um, general general pricing. So Lump. it's a good price. Yeah, it's a good price. Barrow, they're four point zero uh, generally. They've struggled for quite a while now um, in League Two. And if you look at the second half of last season, similar to how we were talking about Fleetwood in League One, uh, Barrow finished 23rd in the second half of last season table with uh, just just four wins from 24 games. Um, So they're coming into this season off the back of really bad form. I honestly, I was looking at their ins and outs. The players they brought in, I have honestly no idea whether they're good enough um, to stop that kind of rot and turn it around. They're coming from lower leagues, so I didn't know who they were, but I'm not sold on it, and I don't, I'm don't. i going to say they're not good enough. I'm going to write them off without knowing much about them, to be honest. But, yeah. Um, no, I, th- I think su- that's yeah. fair. This is longer, yeah. t- Tom, this is longer yeah. than a blip. It's been bad for a long time. Yeah. They needed Phil Brown, yeah. bless him, to come in and keep them up. And they've plucked for a manager who's never managed at this level. They're signing a lot of players who are inexperienced. And, you know, sure, there might be some gems in the National League, as I mentioned. But I, I worry. I really do. Then, um, In terms of top goal scorers, I picked out the two Stockport guys. So Paddy Madden, 11, 11s. Carl Woodton, 21s. Um, yeah, they're my two picks there. Mm. I like uh, McCurdy. At tens or Dominic Telford, um, he's ten to one. Cool. Well, that then is your lot. Yeah, bumper pod. Absolutely love doing these. Can't wait to look back in a you know years time etc. and and look how horrendous we've been doing. Um, but yeah, uh, this was the season preview pod brought to you by Matchbook. A final quick word on fancy football so for those of you that are new if you're still with us thanks for taking the time to listen we have a fancy football league it's been running since the start it's got over 200 people in it 20 pound free bet on the line for for the winner the code which i will put on social media uh is nine t for tom actually let's do this in football terms right we'll go number nine T for Tranmere, U for Udinese, 8, 9, B for Barnsley. So there you go. 
9TU89B. So that's what you can join. <laughs> um, and it's a £20 free bet on the line for the winner. Um, and just to give you a little heads up on what's to come. So, uh, yeah, we will be releasing the 1 to 24s in full form so you can see all the mid table teams uh, and you can kind of go back and refer to it. That'll be on Twitter next week. T underscore FB podcast is where you can follow us. Uh, in addition, we're going to have some juicy matchbook sign up offers and bonuses and all that good fun stuff uh, as the season rolls around. Yeah. So please uh, do rate and review if you have enjoyed the podcast. Thank you for listening. Please share with your friends if you have enjoyed it. Um, we'll hopefully see you again next week when we dive straight into the, the EFL opening day pod. Um, yeah, so looking forward to the season ahead generally. Let's hope we can uh, win plenty of money for everybody. Yeah, thanks for your time. You take care now.